Hey there, my name is Derek Duvall, and I'm the lead pastor of Awakened City Church in Harriman, Utah, a suburb of Salt Lake City. And I want to thank you for checking us out. Awakened City exists to connect people from all walks of life with the hope that's found in Jesus. And we hope that this message will be a blessing to you. For more information, you can visit awakenslc.com. have your Bibles with you, you can go ahead and turn to Psalm 62. That's where we're going to be this morning. Or you can uh, turn your phones on, or even if uh, you don't have the Bible app or a Bible with you, we have included the scripture in the, uh, the folder that if you text lyrics to 97,000, that's in there as well. Uh, and so Psalm 62 is where we're going to be. So if you are new this morning, uh, we are walking through this summer. Uh, we're calling it Summer in the Psalms, and we are looking at a psalm or part of a psalm each week. And so this morning, Obviously, we're looking at uh, Psalm 62, and if you're unfamiliar with the Psalms, the Psalms uh, is this collection of 150 songs and prayers that have been written by uh, God's people, inspired by God, and used to to uh, use so that they could worship and know Him. And that's really our goal every Sunday morning is we want to, through the music, through the teaching, we want to worship and we want to know Him. And so that is our uh, desire for this morning. So I want to begin this morning. Uh, and just with a moment of honesty here. And I want all of us to be honest, and um, this can be a uh, crowd participation thing where you can just raise your hand uh, if this is you. But have you ever been so afraid or fearful uh, that you, did, you had to tell yourself to calm down because you knew you were just acting irrational? Like you're like, all right, like self, calm down, right? Like you're being a little ridiculous here. Uh, so for me, I remember one of the times uh, when I was in college, I was uh, working for a family friend, and uh, they were having me do odds and ends stuff from yard work to computer stuff, and um, one day he asked me, so he lived on the lake, and he asked me if I could uh, replace a light bulb that was on a tree that shined back at his house. Well, what you need to know is I'm afraid of heights, and this tree, if this is the edge of uh, the, his yard, then there's these big rocks that go down to the water, and the tree leaned out like this. And I had a ladder, and so I've got the ladder leaning against the tree, and I, I'm literally climbing, and as I'm climbing the ladder, I mean, I'm literally shaking the ladder like this. And I'm like, okay, Derek, it's really not that dangerous. You're making it way more dangerous by freaking out and shaking the ladder like crazy to change this light bulb. Uh, and I had to tell myself, Man, you got you to calm down, right? I had to talk to myself. Uh, and uh, in that, just that moment of fear, I had to talk sense into myself. And this morning, when we, or as we look into Psalm 62, David's going to find himself in a very similar situation. He's not climbing a ladder or changing a light bulb, but he's having to deal with speaking to his heart in the midst of uh, fear. And so uh, he, what's going on is little context, David is being chased by his enemies. Uh, they are kind to his face, but they're stabbing him in the back uh, when he's not around, and uh, they're even threatening to kill him. And so David knows this is coming, uh, but before this all happens, uh, David writes at the very beginning of Psalm 62, let's look at the first two verses and we'll stop for a second. David writes this, for God alone my soul waits in silence. From him comes my salvation. He alone is my rock and my salvation, my fortress. I shall not be greatly shaken. But then after the attacks begin, the backstabbing and the threats of death uh, in uh, verses 5 and 6, this is what David writes. 
For God alone, O my soul, wait in silence. For my hope is from him. He only is my rock and my salvation, my fortress, and I shall not be shaken. Do you notice the the subtle difference there? He goes from, for God alone, my soul waits in silence, to verse 5, where he says, for God alone, O my soul, wait in silence. Did you catch it? David goes from, this is what my heart does, to, oh, my heart, do this, right? This is what my heart does. Attacks come. Fear comes. And he's, oh, heart, settle yourself. Wait on the Lord, right? He's, he's speaking to himself. He's reminding himself to wait on the Lord and to rest in him. Even when everything around him seems to be in turmoil, he waits on God. So waiting is a sign of trust. We wait because we trust. Waiting is also an admission by our actions that we're not in control, right? That our hope is in something else. And so we wait because we know that we can't force uh, our will on the situation. We wait because we know we can't force uh, our desires on the situation. We, We can't make the money appear in the bank We just have to wait for the check to clear. We can't make the AC unit just work. We have to wait for someone to come fix it. We we can't make a place available to rent for our church this fall, so we wait for the Lord to move and to make a place available, right? We can't make it happen, and so we wait because we trust that we are not the ones in control and there is something greater and higher that we trust in and we hope in. And so what does it look like to wait on the Lord? Psalm 62, the predicament that David finds himself in is that his enemies are coming against him at this time. And the danger that David sees is not so much that those who are coming after him, the danger for him is not those coming after him so much. What he recognizes the greatest danger is the temptation to trust in himself through his own power or scheming or through the help of people or other means to fix the situation that he would look there instead of God. That's where that's the David that's the danger David that's the danger David finds himself in. And so he's reminding himself in verses 5 and 6 of Psalm 62, For God alone, O my soul, wait in silence, for my hope is in him. He only is my rock and my salvation, my fortress, his, his source of safety and deliverance and security, and I shall not be shaken. When we choose to wait on the Lord, the first thing that we do before we do anything else, when we choose to wait on the Lord, the first thing we do is pray. Before we try to solve the problem ourselves or seek out others or read a book about it or Google it, we ought to pray. We seek out what is is his way to solve the problem, to, to bring us out of the trouble. And it says in Psalm 106, verse 13, but they soon forgot his works. They did not wait for his counsel. Faith family, that is not where we want to find ourselves. Forgetting God's faithfulness and moving ahead without him. The first act of waiting is prayer before we do anything else. And so if you're anything like me, uh, then you probably find yourself expending all kinds of energy to try to fix the situation. Then you come to the end of it and you're like, oh man, I haven't even prayed about this, right? 
My, my natural inclination is to go, okay, how can I fix this? What can I do in the situation to make it better? And then when I can, I'm like, God, I don't know what to do. Oh, yeah, pray. Duh. Right? I should have done that first. So if you're anything like me, you find yourself in the same situation. And that's what I think Paul means by pray without ceasing in 1 Thessalonians 5.17. That our lives are characterized by coming to God all throughout the day and asking God, God, what do you want me to do in this situation? How, how should I handle this? Give me wisdom on what to do here. And then do it. You ask God for wisdom and then do it, right? Prayer, prayer is like getting on the phone um, with your doctor, calling him up and saying, you know what, there's a problem. I'm in pain. What should I do? I fell down the stairs. My leg really hurts. I think maybe I, I, I tore a muscle or something. You don't just wrap up your muscle or wrap up your leg with that um, compression bandage stuff with the things that always stick, you little metal things. I don't know what those are called. Anyways, you don't just wrap your leg up and start doing physical therapy on your leg. Or you shouldn't at least, right? I mean, you might, that might be, that's who you are. Like, you just, I'll wrap it up. I'll be okay. But you shouldn't. You call the doctor, right? Now, now there might be two different ways that he instructs you on how to handle the situation. He could tell you, okay, you know what you need to do? Just rest and stay off of it for a while. Or he could say, hey, wrap it up and start some physical therapy. But you, but you don't stop waiting once you've called the doctor. That's not when the, you don't call and go, okay, well, I don't need to wait anymore. You, you still continue to wait. And so in our passage this morning, David's remind, is reminding his heart to wait on the Lord. He was for sure tempted in this situation uh, to take it into his own hands. God, maybe God's not answering, maybe you felt the same pressure. God's not answering your prayer quick enough. And so we just jump into, uh, we just come up with our own solution ourselves and instead of, uh, of waiting on him, we've surely found ourselves in situations similar to this. Maybe you prayed and the answer isn't coming quick enough and so you just do whatever you've decided to do is best. And if you're anything like me, you, you rarely choose what's best and you end up regretting moving ahead of God, Right? And so in times when our hearts are filled with fear and anxiety, when we don't know what to do, we remind ourselves of David's words here in verses 5 and 6. For God alone, O my soul, wait in silence, for my hope is from him. He alone is my rock and my salvation and my fortress, and I shall not be shaken. And so sometimes waiting looks, it looks just like being still. Uh, and giving the situation up to God. Sometimes that's what waiting looks like. But other times, our waiting looks more like the doctor's instructions, wrap it up, start some physical therapy, right? Sometimes God's instructions in the situation calls us to do something. But it's, it's him working, and we're still waiting on him to move the situation. Let me, let me share with you a verse that I constantly um, pray for our church. Proverbs 21, 31 which says, the horse is made ready for the day of battle, but the victory belongs to the Lord. I'll read that again. The horse is made ready for the day of battle, but the victory belongs to the Lord. The, the warrior in this proverb doesn't just sit and wait for the Lord to work and to move. He prepares for battle all the while recognizing who brings the victory, the Lord. He's doing what needs done, but with the expectancy that God must move and work. And so he waits for the victory that comes only from God. And so maybe you're in a situation and you found yourself in, and it's about moving forward. 
Uh, it's, maybe it's about walking in obedience. Uh, it's about taking that next step all the while trusting God and waiting for him to move in trusting obedience. A few weeks ago, I, I brought up uh, for us the need to pray for that next location and what it looks like, knowing um, that we can't keep meeting outside, especially as it gets colder. And, and uh, we've known for a while as leaders that this is, this is coming on the horizon, and we've been behind the scenes trying to work things out and orchestrate it all to, to, to make it work, and it hasn't, right? And so a couple weeks ago, we came to you, we asked you guys to pray. Lord, let, let, we, we, we want to seek the Lord, and what does he have for us? What's that next location, right? And I'm sorry it took us a couple weeks ago. We've been praying about it, and that's something we should have brought before you guys even before that, to say, hey, obviously this isn't going to work forever, and we need a place to go from here. Would you be praying? So we reached out to you guys. We reached out to some uh, churches that pray for us, some prayer partners. I don't know if you guys knew, but we have people who, all over the nation, who are praying for us right now. Every week, praying uh, for our church, and that's awesome. So we reached out to our prayer partners, you guys, uh, their churches. Uh, and church, let me just encourage you in this. It doesn't always work out this way. Um, but isn't it great when our desires and the will of God are the same? This past week, I had three different locations all reach out to us and say, hey, uh, if you're interested in using our location, let us know. We're open to it, right? And we had been, we had been praying, God, we, we don't have anywhere to go. And this week we had three people after we asked you guys to pray. We ask other churches to pray, other individuals to pray, and God answers prayer. It doesn't always work out that way. Two of those places that, that have reached out to us are both uh, rental locations that we could uh, just rent uh, on Sunday mornings. One of those is the potential of, of leasing long-term or property. That, that's something we would love to do and get into, um, but that's expensive. And so we're just, we're just saying, Lord, if this is where you want us to go, we want to walk in obedience, but we recognize that you're going to have to provide financially in ways that we don't have the means for right now. But we also know that if God's leading us to do this, he will provide. And so let me also say this, uh, and, and this, is, this is on me as I lead. We don't talk about, I don't talk enough about uh, the blessing that comes in using the resources that God has given to give so that his kingdom can be made known. Whether that's in events whether that's in us meeting in a rental location. Uh, but it costs money, obviously, to, to do these things. Uh, and I think sometimes I wrongly assume, hey, it's a burden. Not a burden. I don't want people to feel like we're all about the money because we're not. We don't need the money because God will provide it if he's leading this. Like, it, it, he doesn't need you or I. But here's the thing. God allows for us to be in on the blessing and be a part of what he's doing. And he allows for us in giving. He allows for us to be reminded, you know what? My hope isn't in the money. My hope isn't in the things I could buy with this. My hope is in him. And there's this incredible, depending on how often you give, it's weekly, monthly, whatever, weekly opportunity for you to go, okay, God, this hurts a little bit to give this, but I trust you. And I recognize that more than I need these things that I want in my life, I need you, and others need you, and so I want to give out of a joyful heart. A joyful heart. God calls us to give with a joyful and generous heart. And I'm going to thank you guys. You guys, so many of you guys are just awesome 
and you're faithful, and, and, and so we are so thankful for that. But I, I want to apologize that I haven't brought this before us more often because it, sometimes it feels like, oh, he's talking about money again. He wants my money. No, I don't. But God wants your heart, and he doesn't want your money. But when you give your money often, your heart follows that. So I want to encourage you in that to, 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 for all of us to have a kingdom mindset, not just in our uh, financial resources, uh, but in our, our time and the talents that God has given. Let me, get, let me get back on track here so we can close up here. Verse 7, David continues, Oh God rests, I'm sorry, on God rests my salvation and my glory and my, so let me try that all over again. On God rests my salvation and my glory. My mighty rock, my refuge is God. David has learned over time to put his hope and his trust in God alone. And that's why he writes in verse 8 and pleads with God's people to do the same. Verse 8, trust in him at all times, O people. Pour out your heart before him. God is a refuge for us. So David's encouragement to God's people is first to, just a step uh, to the first is, sorry, is the first step to it is just in waiting is prayer. God's encouragement is say, call out to God. Cry out to him. Pour out your heart before him. Prayer is one of the greatest tools in reminding us that we're not in control. Because when we come to God in prayer, we are admitting that we need help. We need hope, and it's not found in us uh, or in our uh, possessions or anything we have. And so what David points out here in these last two verses and what, that we're looking at this morning is he reminds us how the places that we tend to look to first, he reminds us uh, that our possessions, our people, uh, I'm sorry, our possessions and people will all fail us as well. Look at verses 9 and 10. Those of low estate are but a breath, and those of high estate are delusion, and the balances they go up, and they are together lighter than a breath. Put no trust in extortion. Set no vain hopes on robbery. If riches increase, set not your heart on them. David says, from the most common person you know to the most powerful and rich, all are as, as nothing when it comes to what we place our hope in. That our, that our lives are bud, a mist, a vapor that's gone in an instant, and they can provide no real lasting safety, protection, and hope. And the same is with money. Put no trust in extortion. Set, not, set no vain hopes on robbery. If riches increase, set not your heart on them. And I think this is probably the number one distractor in our society. We are so easily convinced that all we need is a little more money for greater safety, for greater protection, and hope. But we don't have to look any further than our neighbor down the road who has more, and he or she hasn't found it either. And it's because it's alone found in God. Let me end this morning by asking all of us a question. Where are you looking for that hope in your life? Are you looking to yourself, to relationships, maybe to money? Or, or maybe this morning God's showing you another place that you're looking, something else that you're looking to for hope. But this morning, we're reminded by David's words that our ultimate hope can be found in God alone, who alone can rescue us from the pit of anxiety and hopelessness, who alone can rescue us from the fear of man and loneliness, who alone can rescue us from whatever pit we find ourselves in this morning. And here's what's on the line for you and I this morning. 
if we don't wake up to the reality of this truth this morning, we will find our hearts constantly filled with worry and anxiety, with fear of the unknown, with our lack of control, because we've placed our hope on the wrong object. We're looking in the wrong places to find our hearts stilled and quieted. We're looking in the wrong places for peace and rest, for security and comfort. Or worse, the worst thing that can happen is we come to the end of our lives having never placed our trust and salvation in the person of Jesus. And we'll have died clinging to the very things that ended up separating us from a relationship with him. And God has called us away from those things he calls sin, not because he's afraid that we might find something better, but because those things are pulling us away from that which is best, him. And so if you're in here this morning and you don't have a relationship with Jesus, if he's never been that place of safety, of rest and comfort for you, then let this morning be the morning. You know that the things that you keep looking toward are constantly failing you. Turn to Jesus this morning. He is all that you need. So I just want to give us a time like we do every week to distill our hearts before God for a moment before we lead to the craziness of life and to just ask him, God, what is it in my life that I'm looking to for hope more than I'm looking for hope from you? More than I'm looking to, to fill me up instead of you. Show that to me. Reveal that to me. And if you've never been that treasure for me, I want, I want, to, I want to trust that you are what the Bible says you are. That what's on the line is more than freedom from anxiety and worry and hopelessness. But what's on the line is eternity. So I'm going to give us a moment to pray. And I'm going to close this out. We're going to sing. And I'm going to close this out in prayer.